Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. If you have a hands-on or kinesthetic learner who likes to move, create, and touch what they're learning, you might be wondering if a literature-rich curriculum like Sunlight is right for your family. Well, we think so, and we'll let you know just how easy it is to teach your hands-on children with Sunlight also. I'm Sunny, Sunlight's community manager and a Sunlight mom of two kids. I currently have a middle schooler and an elementary school student who have been educated entirely with Sunlight. And joining me today are Jonna and Ann. Jonna, do you want to tell us a little bit more about you? Hi, my name is Jonna Lawrence, and I also work for Sunlight in their marketing and product development. I am, as well, a Sunlight mom with four graduates, four children, four graduates. So I would call Sunlight a success with my kids, both hands-on and not-so-handy kids. And Ann, do you want to tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. My name is Ann Kepler. Uh, I'm one of the mentors on the Sunlight app, and I also go around uh, and work in the booth at the in-person conventions, and that's so fun to do. I have two children I've used with Sunlight all the way through. Uh, I have just graduated my first, and my daughter will be a junior this next school year. Well, thank you both for being here. I'm excited to dive in and kind of talk about some ways you can use a literature-based curriculum, even if your kid's don't love to sit still and listen, or maybe they don't like to read. So what do you think? What are some ways that it's easy to maybe incorporate some of those other things into your literature-based learning with sunlight? Well, I always like to explain that a literature-rich curriculum does involve a lot of reading, but most of the reading until high school is done by the parent. And so if your child does not like to read very much, that's totally okay because what they've got up until high school is their reader to read. And that's the only reading they're doing themselves. And the rest of it, the parent is reading. And the thing about, um, it's kind of a myth, I suppose, that you have to sit still and proper at a desk to be able to do school. Um, uh, my daughter in particular, uh, never sat next to me or at a desk while she was, uh, listening to read alouds and, and things like that. Uh, you can, your children can lay on the floor. They can be working on puzzles or building Legos, doing any quiet activity. Uh, and it actually helps them listen sometimes. So while back I read a study and I apologize, I don't know what it was, but, um, I read something, uh, about how in particular boys, in a public school setting, spend so much of their energy just trying to make themselves sit still like they're supposed to, that they kind of tune out what they're supposed to be learning. And so when you homeschool, you can create an environment where they can be doing something quietly with their hand, and it actually helps them focus. At least that's definitely what I found in our homeschool. I say we found the same thing. I have boys that are both my oldest and the youngest. And often while I did read aloud, they played with their Legos or their Lincoln logs and built things. And they could answer every question I have. They were in tune with the story. They remembered all the details. My girls, one could draw and she would draw pictures about the story while I was reading. And they could remember, she could look at the picture and she would remember 
the story, the chapter we did, all the characters to who was wearing what and what person said could quote it exactly. So hands-on is very integral into just your read-alouds and letting them do something. Um, if they couldn't answer a question though, I have one child, she could play with her, the Lincoln Logs and she would get lost in the Lincoln Logs. And so she was not allowed to play with Lincoln Logs. She could draw, she could do dress up, but she couldn't do Lincoln Logs. I mean, that's you as a parent have to figure out what your kids can do and what they can't do. But we absolutely, there was never sitting down and just reading and making them listen. Um, worst case scenario, I would serve breakfast or lunch. And while they were eating, I would read. And therefore their mind was able to focus on what I was reading and they were occupied doing something else. So. Yeah, that sounds a lot like my son too. He's definitely my more creative, active kid. My daughter would sit there and listen and sometimes she would play and she could still listen. But for him, he's very much focused on his own thoughts and what he's thinking about. He's always playing a game in his head. And so I had to find ways to get him to engage with what I was saying. And so, Jonna, like you mentioned, you know, feeding him, that was something that was, I guess, mindless and boring enough that he would actually listen if he was eating. Um, another thing is I would have him, yeah, draw what I was reading so that he would really tune in and focus. And that's something, you know, if you're reading and you ask the child at the end of the page, you know, what am I talking about? And they look at you like, I don't know, you know, you may have that child that is tuning you out. So I've learned to get creative with him. Another thing that's super helpful because he's more active is he will stand at the kitchen counter and work out his math problems, or he'll sit on an exercise ball so that he can be doing this while he's doing his work. And that really seems to help him focus more on those types of things about the only thing that I make that child do sitting still is handwriting. And that's only so that his handwriting looks nice. Otherwise we are moving around, you know, both of my kids, when they were little, we would get up and do jumping jacks. If I saw that they just were not able to listen, you know, or run to the door, touch it, then run to the back door, touch it, you know, different activities like that to burn off some of that energy. Let's go ahead and talk about our science though. I know Sunlight's literature rich science programs incorporate both the experiments that you think of when you think of science, but then also great books as well, which is very different than the way I learned science. So can you guys kind of describe how Sunlight Science is taught, how it's scheduled, maybe some of the differences between like a four and five day option for people that are less familiar with Sunlight Science? Go ahead, Anne. Okay, um, there is a four-day and a five-day option to accommodate people, uh, people's schedules, um, and uh, and you of course choose the difference between the two is that with the five-day you will get a few extra books, and in the catalog you can actually see which books are uh, added to it on the five-day, and you can make your determination based on that. My background is I'm a former high school biology teacher, and so I love all the science books. And when we would do four-day history Bible literature, uh, we would always do five-day science, just always. Um, so depending on what you get, uh, it's either three days of reading out of a science book or four days, and then the uh, other day will be the experiment day. And it will be scheduled on a particular day in the schedule, but you, of course, can choose if Tuesdays are better for you to do the experiments, then you just do those on Tuesdays. And something uh, new up and coming uh, are sunlight science levels that go 
uh, that are our levels A, K, excuse me, K through D are, um, have been updated so that the experiments go along with what uh, you're reading in the books and future levels will be updated uh, coming up. Yeah, one thing I like about the new, so I am an old Sunlight user and our Sunlight we used 20, 23 years ago, while it was still very formatted similar, did not have all the experiments laid out like they do in the new levels. And I have just looked at the books and wished my kids could have done the experiments in that format. They, they laid out in a, the national science standard, but you know, get the kids to think through the experiment. What are we going to do? What do you think is going to happen? What are we going to use? And then they, they do their experiment and they have charts that they fill out, but it just really prepares even in kindergarten and first grade for what's going to come as they get older in high school and then into college. It's not a new concept to think through the process when they do their experiments. And it's full of like it's very colorful and all the stuff is added. And as a mom, you don't have to go buy it all. You can let your kids do it. And if you get the videos that go along with it, Luke shows you what to what you're going to do while you do the experiment. So I yeah. Mm -hmm. Science is not hard either. It takes some days only 15 minutes a day. So you could do a couple of days on a Monday, skip a Tuesday, do a couple of days on a Wednesday, then do experiments. Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, you know, whatever works for your family, like Ann said, make it work. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, to go along with the books you're reading, Sunlight does create activity sheets, which are now in color, like Donna mentioned. And back in the day when I did them, they were not in color. So, uh, but they're real colorful now. And the activity sheets have a few questions to go along with what you've read. And what I love about it is that none of it is busy work. All the questions are uh, ch truly checking your understanding and not just giving you something to do just to fill up time. They're really good questions. Yeah, and I love how you guys mentioned the new science, the experiments go along with the reading, which has been great for my son because he actually understands what the reading is saying better when he does the experiment. Um, and I know you guys both mentioned kind of shifting around the schedule. This is something that I think is the easiest to do with science because you don't have to necessarily read everything in order. And my daughter likes to save her experiments for the end of the week. She usually tries to work ahead. And so then on you know, Friday, her experiment might be the only thing she's doing in science. But in my son's case, because he is so hands-on, he actually understands the reading better if we do the experiment first. So a lot of times we will do the experiment and then we'll read the science book that further explains what he learned in that experiment. And it makes it easier for him to answer the questions because now he's touched it and you know learned it that way. So I think that's something important to just kind of pay attention to, you know, what are your kids learning? How are they responding to that? Um, Johnny, you briefly touched on everything comes in the kit. Let's talk a little bit about that. I know if things did not come from sunlight, I probably wouldn't do them because it just, it's inconvenient if you have to run out and buy a bunch of supplies, but sunlight science makes it very easy because you get everything in one box. Can you guys talk a little bit more about that piece? So sunlight's gone through every experiment that they, give you in the book and they go through the experiments, they have worked them out, they have figured out what exactly you would need. So that 10 inch piece of wire that you might need for one experiment, you don't have to go and buy 
a spool of 20 feet, you have 10 inches and you're done. Um, but rarely do we have those items sitting around our house. But I do have water and I do have cups and I might have a paper clip here and there. But basing through very logically with our typical mom, like I don't always have electrical tape. They will throw electrical tape into your box. You don't have a, a styrofoam ball, the diameter of three inches that, that would be put in there. Modeling clay. I mean, moms. And they tell you in the experiment book what you're going to be pulling out next week and what you might need to pick up at the grocery store. So I might need to have buttermilk or something random that you would buy at the store, but you wouldn't have it necessarily in your refrigerator or in your cabinet for the week. So, and it's all packaged nice and in a nice box just for it. And I have several of the boxes for each level, things that are not consumed, I can pull out for future use. For the other kids. Yeah. Something that the kits also make easy, and I think we'll talk about this in a little bit, but if you are part of a homeschool co-op, doing sunlight science experiments is a really neat thing to do, and the kits make it real easy to be able to do the experiments with the group of kids. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. If you're doing it with more than one child, everything's right there, easy to go. Um, and let's talk to you about our hands-on history kits and lap books. These are newer products, um, but they also add a hands-on component to your history studies. So let's talk about what's included and how they make life easier, even for non-crafty parents. Yeah, levels A through C have more crafty types of projects that go along with what you're reading. And uh, it's a lot like the science kits you know, that Sunlight already had, but now it's a history craft kit. Uh, and everything comes in baggies together. So actually all the things you need for a certain project are, are actually together. And that's an even, a step above and beyond to help you stay organized. And it does come with all the materials you need and it comes with step-by-step -step instructions. And the instructor's guide also tells you when to do which project. So it is completely planned out for you because I'm the same way. If I had to go find all these things or even figure out when to do it, 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 it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I say I wouldn't look it up on Pinterest. I know it's on Pinterest, but I wouldn't look it up. I wouldn't know where to start. Um, like in the, I think it's level B, they you study medieval times, or maybe it's A, but they have a catapult that you put together with popsicle sticks and shoot cotton balls around your house. <laughs> I would not have popsicle sticks. I probably wouldn't have the cotton balls. And it's all in a Ziploc bag. So I often tell moms, I was like, you, you have kids that can share well? get one. If you don't, get two. You know, you want two because every kid wants their own catapult. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then starting with uh, level D, with D and E, and then G and H, Sunlight has lap books to go along with the history. And again, it, all the materials are there, uh, all the instructions are there, and in your instructor's guide, it will tell you when to do which activity. And it's a really neat thing that you compile over all 36 weeks of school. And then you have this beautiful product to keep that covers all of the different topics in history that you've done. And it, it, is, um, it is something that is envied by others. I mean, that you have this lap book that shows your whole year. Recently, I was talking to a mom and she said that she bought the lap book. And as true to form as moms, we tend to that's something that you could let go on your week or you have to catch up on. She said she spent the summer after they did D, 
Her kids then did the lap books all summer long, which reviewed everything they had learned in D. And at the end of summer, then they were ready to start E and the kids didn't miss a day. They didn't forget anything and they still made their lap book. And it was, I thought that was a great idea as well to review what you did over the summer or yeah, review over the summer what you did all school year. Yeah, I agree. We've done that with some of the hands-on kit projects too, where the first time I did a kit, I forgot like the first, I don't know, three projects or something. And so we had gotten into the year and I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? And so we kind of pushed ours to the summer too. And it was great to reinforce, like, what did you learn this year? And for my son, he loves these because again, he's very hands-on. He's very creative, a catapult that he can shoot cotton balls around in, or he can build a log cabin. Those types of things are really what help him learn the history. So I love those hands-on kits in the younger grades, but even my daughter who is less craftsy or artsy, you know, inclined, she loves the lap books to really show what she learned. They're super fun. They make a great portfolio if you live in a state that requires some sort of record keeping or portfolios. And so usually what she does is she'll do her projects throughout the year. And then at the end of the year, she presents it to us, you know, as a family, we all sit around and watch and we learn everything that she learned this year. So it's a good way to reinforce and then kind of works on some public speaking and other skills as well, but that way she retains the information better. So I say, absolutely. If you have a child using any program that has a kit or a lap book, check those out. Um, Cause I am not the craftsy mom either. And, but I absolutely love those in our house. Now let's talk about if you really have a kid who loves these things, or maybe you are a craftsy parent and you want to incorporate some other things, what does Sunlight offer as far as unit studies, Montessori activities in the younger grades? Now, level F has choose your own adventure. What are some other fun ways to kind of spice up what you're learning if, if you want to do more? Um, all right. So I was going to say things that we offer, I was thinking through, I know we have different unit studies like the Advent and the Linton. Um, there's the U.S. elections lap book, which was a great add-on when our kids were going through elections. And, it, you know, we have elections every couple of years. So it's a great tool. Um, I added, I said, basically, I, you know, just what Sunlight has been doing, we added to our kids. And I was just trying to think through all the different things we did as kids to add in hands-on for units. So whether it was recipes the kids were eating in the books that we read, um, and I, I'm blanking as we talk, but it was simple pictures that were in the books that we read. We, my kids would do dress up. We would do recipes that we would cook. Um, we would branch off and study off that unit studies are, I know we have the Olympic studies with sunlight and Korea and the hands-on notebooking pages. And what are some other things that we do? Yeah, well, we're talking about um, doing things from the books. Uh, something that just happens naturally is that when the kids have their free time, topics will come up and things that they've read. And uh, one of the things I remember in particular, when we did Science F, there was a survival guidebook and they just loved reading through that and so they spent a whole afternoon in some some land right by our house um, 
and they created this whole shelter and everything. And so we went and took pictures of things by it. Um, and they went and hung a birdhouse on a tree. And actually, I meant to find the catalog. It's it's somewhere anyway. But my kids ended up in the catalog with the picture I took when they were um, doing all these things after they had read this uh, survival skills book and this nature book. Uh, so things will just happen naturally uh, with the literature-based curriculum because of the stories that they hear and that they keep with them and the characters uh, that they meet through the stories. Um, and well, I don't know if you would exactly call this hands-on, but um, you know, like I said, they, they, they take these stories and then they want to tell other people about them. And so, I don't know, you guess you could call that minds on learning, you know, it's in their mind and they really learned about it. And one of my favorite uh, memories, you know, my son, like I said, he has graduated, he's going out to college in the fall when he did level A and read 20 and 10, which is a World War II story. Uh, we, it was a read aloud. And as soon as we finished, he just looked at me and said, I want my granddaddy and my grandma to read this book too. And so we did that. We let them each borrow it and they read it and they had these amazing discussions. And um, so I absolutely consider that kind of thing to be hands-on and it just happens all the time with the literature-based curriculum. Okay. Well, and that's what my kids would do. They would dress up. They like to reenact what they were reading. Mm -hmm. um, you were talking about the 10 and 20. My One of my daughters asked if she could go interview her grand, her, her great-grandfather who had been in World War II. You know, she was, it became just part of what they did. It was every day, in and out. It didn't matter if it was a book or if they were playing. It became part of what they did, so... Absolutely. Yeah. All these things were always on their minds. Uh, another memory. Uh, this is great trip down memory lane for me. Um, my daughter was playing outside uh, and she was just uh, we, one of the readers was a frog and toad. And, you know, so they're reading the readers and everything. Well, she just she's just swinging in the swing. All of a sudden she said the whole world is covered in buttons. And then her brother, who was right there with her, finished it and said, and none of them are mine <laughs> because they knew the line in that book because they had read it. And so these things just popped up. Um, but before, I did want to mention the uh, 50 states um, unit study is brand new and is something that Sunlight is coming out with to help people that do have a requirement for them to study their state. Or even if your state doesn't have that requirement, obviously you can uh, get that. And it also will have, I, I can't wait to see it. Um, uh, people have come to the convention and asked specifically about it. And I just have to say, I'm sorry, we don't have it yet, but it'll be here this summer. Um, so I can't wait to see it, but it'll just, it'll be just like the other Sunlight products completely planned out, ready for you to use. Um, uh, the election one, um, it, that came to my mind. Uh, John, of course, John, John mentioned it. Um, but uh, we've got elections uh, coming up here on Saturday, um, and that is a free one. Uh, so keep that in mind. A couple of these unit studies are free for you to download, so you can get on the Sunlight website and check those out. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, Ann, you mentioned new ones coming out. Sunlight is constantly looking at that and adding new ones. So, Johnny, you mentioned the Olympics. If there's an Olympics, usually there will be a unit study elections. We have both a lap book and a downloadable unit study, of course, Lent and Advent. Um, so there's, I love those because they come with your sunlight instructions, just like your IG that you're used to in your regular curriculum. 
and all of the craft supplies or the recipes and things like that included. Um, also, our new updated preschool and pre-K have some more Montessori type activities where, you know, your child learns to cut or as they're learning numbers, it's very tactile, you know, sandpaper so they can feel the texture. Um, and so I think Sunlight is constantly coming out with new things um, that will kind of move in that direction. Um, but like both of you have said, as you read these books as a family, a lot of times they become part of the family culture and everybody knows the same stories. You know, your kids will play games that go along with the books or dress up or yeah, when they go to a museum, oh, we read about this, you know, in whatever level. So mm -hmm. something that we love to do is eat our way through the countries. So like F is perfect for that, but even, you know, some of the other world history programs or if you're learning about a certain region of the United States during American history, you can cook recipes from that area. And so that's always something that we think is really fun um, to do in our house. And then you kind of feel like you're there. We also like to listen to podcasts, watch videos. Like you don't have to be restricted just to your books. You can use that as kind of a launch pad to go learn, you know, more about the topics you or your kids are interested in. So that's something we really like to do. Um, let's talk a little bit, you both have kind of touched on co-ops or, or outside the home. What are some things that you can maybe outsource that you are not teaching in your homeschool, but your kids can learn elsewhere? Or, you know, why might that be something you want to add to your regular sunlight? Yeah, things that uh, I particularly like to add elsewhere, things like art that I have zero talent in whatsoever. And uh, we have joined a homeschool co-op that uh, doesn't do your main core classes, but does you know, extra things. And so uh, taking art and things like that is in there. And I've, I do science labs with it. Um, so I've done some middle school level sunlight science labs, high school biology, high school chemistry, in the co-op. And uh, so finding a co-op can be great to do things with your kids that are easier to do in a group, uh, for sure. Um, uh, and I know Jonna is involved with uh, co-ops where she is. I was gonna say, I've been in a co-op since the first year we ever started homeschooling and I we've moved and I still joined a co-op. I look at it as our social academic day. Um, just for my kids' sake, they get to make all their friends. I don't count it as what my core classes, even though they might be doing, as Ann said, science. That's a core class to me, but I still am going to teach it at home. Um, we did extra math classes. If you're afraid of math, you might find someone who's teaching a math course that you can order through Sunlight, and they still do it at home, but you have someone additional to you teaching. I often was the person that was teaching the math courses because I like math. Um, we did drama. Our kids are big, like I said before, they like to do dress up set from the get go. They like being in a costume and they like to do drama stuff. So we've done drama productions. In fact, we just finished doing Esther with our kids. My youngest, he just finished up. And so, you know, get 20, 30 kids together and they like to be on stage and they like to have the light on them. But art, like Ann said, that's another excellent. Um, we also did sports. So I often, our kids have done softball, t-ball, baseball, basketball, football, and um, taekwondo. 
but I would we limit our kids to the one sport a year. They can't do multiples just because I don't want to be every night at the ball field or every <laughs> night running from one practice to a different practice. And I we just said sanity is why we limit. But um, that was another way they got to learn whether they were good at it or not. The different concept of team building and sportsmanship when everyone's you know losing and how to lose well. <laughs> Absolutely. And the responsibility when it, uh, being part of a team where you've got to remember to bring your equipment uh, and things like that, you've got to have your uniform ready. Uh, it really can help them learn responsibility for that. And something that happened uh, this year that I really, when, we, when my son started T-ball back when he was six years old, I really was not predicting, I had no idea what would happen in the future, but this past year he took some training and is now umpiring, is making money off of an extracurricular thing that he did. So you just really never know where it will lead you. And he used some money he made and bought uh, his own umpire gear. And so when he goes off to college in the fall, uh, he can find the little league there and, um, and and keep on doing that. So he can do that for, for a super long time and it'll be a, a good way for him to, to meet some other folks and get involved with whatever community he ends up in. Right, I was like my youngest, he enjoyed playing the upward soccer but he didn't want to play on an official soccer league. So when he was old enough to be a coach, he turned around and did coaching for upward soccer as opposed to playing, which made a great community service mm -hmm. hours for him. And he enjoyed just being a mentor to the younger kids. Well, absolutely. And sometimes having the flexible schedules that we have as homeschoolers, it does give our kids opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise. Talking about elections, uh, my son, he's going to go for a political science degree in college, and so he's been interested in all things political, current events, history for a long time, and he got to work the 2020 general election, three straight weeks of early voting. He worked full time and uh, got to experience that, uh, and then he would work. Uh, they, they asked him, he's 17 years old. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he was 17, and they asked him to, to be election judge over a precinct on election day. Uh, and so he's been able to make some really neat uh, connections. So keep in mind that as homeschoolers, we do have some flexibility with our schedules and there can be opportunities out there uh, just because of that that you can take advantage of. Yeah, and I think what you both mentioned is you started kind of with what your kids were interested in and let's check it out. And um, I know we have done that too. Like, oh, you wanna play a sport? Let's try this sport, see if we're any good at it. Or my daughter dances and does theater and those types of things. So really what we looked at is what are our kids saying they want to do? And then what am I not good at or what do I not want to teach? And so, <laughs> so we just kind of outsource that way. So yeah, the co-ops are great. Um, any sport or you know art, music, things like that, that maybe like in my case, I'm not super musically inclined, but my son especially is, and my daughter loves acting. So we found outside places where the kids could do that. It also, gives me a chance to do maybe some things one-on-one -on -one with the other child while their sibling is, is doing their activities. So yeah, really just looking at what they're interested in and the things you don't wanna teach or can't teach um, are all great options. I also think if your kids are active, a sport or something where they can move around a lot is helpful in just allowing them to get that energy out somewhere other than in the living room when you're trying to do school. 
if it's something that keeps on doing into high school, you you can automatic high school credits are there waiting for you. You know, if they're on the sports team, you get to give them a, their PE or athletics credit. Uh, another thing we did in our co-op that is really best in a group is speech. Uh, and that's something that you don't have to be part of a co-op for, but if you just have a group of people, uh, some other homeschoolers that you know, you can put together a class like that for an elective credit for high school and give the kids that public uh, speaking experience that's real good for them. Like you said, you don't have to be in a co-op, but part of having other homeschool families just to bounce off ideas, like if I live near Anne. I would have asked her to maybe do all the dissection for my kids and <laughs> just send them to Ann's house once a week because we're friends and she better equipped. God's gifted her that way. I would be glad to tutor a kid in math classes. That's the way I'm bent. I had friends that they were writers and they loved to read and they loved to, to, to send the writing assignments to be reviewed by a different mom. It's also a great way to just share your friendship and what God's gifted you guys with. So. Yeah, and I think kids get so much out of it, not just the skill that's being taught, but also the socialization piece, which of course, if you're homeschooling, you get that question all the time, how are your kids being socialized? You know, and, and what better place than for them to be with other kids their age, you know, especially if they're homeschooled kids, they probably relate in a lot of ways, you know, even if they're not sunlighters, but we, you know, of course have our sunlight connections groups as well. So that's a great opportunity that you can find on our website um, or in our Sunlight app if, if you're not already part of a co-op or looking for that connection. Ladies, what would you say would be your number one piece of advice for you know, families that are kind of starting out and trying to figure out what to do with their more active hands-on kids? Mm -hmm. I would say don't expect to get it all figured out the first day. You know, there, There's going to be trial and error and that is completely normal. Like you said, uh, I forget if it was John or you, um, you know, the one child, Johnny was you, the Lincoln Logs. No, no, you can't play Lincoln Logs, but you, know, you could do this or this. It just takes a little trial and error, but you will find a, a fit for uh, just your flow of the day and things like that. Uh, it just takes time. So uh, just be patient with it and, um, and, and it'll, it'll come. I would suggest to a new family with a wiggler or a hands-on kid or, you know, just one that needs to be in motion, don't try to sit down and do all the schoolwork together. Just go ahead and plan on every 30 minutes, we're gonna get up and do something else and just set a timer and go do something else. Even if it's, we're gonna go do a 10 second tidy in the other room and come back or send the kids out to do two laps around the house because we're taking our 30 minute break. Just know that your day is not gonna be three hours of doing schoolwork all in one month. It's mm -hmm. break it up and enjoy. Um, and let your kids have some direction in it too. So when they're little and they want to act it out, take five minutes and let them act it out. And then they're going to be more apt to sit down and want to do the next thing too. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially, I mean, homeschooling, like you guys have mentioned, you have a more flexible schedule. You can do school in your pajamas one day if you want. I mean, really just have fun with it and you know kind of figure out your kids and what they like to do what you like to do and enjoy that homeschool experience and that time together because I know for me now that we've been doing it several years just 
we have so many great memories or, and you mentioned, you know, looking back at memory lane now that your kids are older and, you know, being able to see all those fun moments that you've shared because you allowed it to be flexible and you weren't, you know, being rigid. So ladies, thank you so much for offering your input. Hopefully we helped out some people that are trying to figure out this whole homeschool thing. For those of you watching, um, like I mentioned, we have our Sunlight Connections community, both in person, but we do have an online option if you are not close to any other Sunlighters. So join us in the app or on Facebook, and then you can get great ideas from other Sunlight families as well. And our mentors are in there too to offer their advice. So make sure you join in if you're looking for uh, some advice or you know that Connections opportunity. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us here on the Sunlight Connections podcast. You can also visit Sunlight Curriculum on social media, in our Sunlight app, or at sunlight.com. I am Sunny from Sunlight, reminding you to tune in next time.